going on, family? How's everybody doing? Ooh, yeah, get the lights up. I want to see the beautiful faces. Y'all look good. Sunday best on. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. So I'd like to welcome you guys. Those of you who are tuning, on, uh, tuning in online, those in-house, thank you for spending your Sunday with us. We're super glad that you're here. As a matter of fact, one of our phrases here is we are better because you're here. And that is the truth, and we believe that. So give yourselves a round of applause for making it today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'd also like to, um, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to start today with a focused verse, and I'm going to throw it up on the screen just really quickly, um, but this is kind of the heartbeat of this message, and I just want to kind of go over that right now. That's Mark 10, 45, and this is what the verse says. It says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, the Son of Man is Jesus. This is Jesus' words. And what he's communicating is, is, I came to serve, not to be served. And who knows, as a Christ follower, we're being transformed into his image. And as we're being transformed into his image, we do what he does. And what does he do? He serves people. He serves people. So I'd like to start today uh, by kind of explaining a little bit about really how I got here on this platform today. We're about to celebrate 30 years at Church on the Rock. Yep. Amen. Our founding pastor is up front. Pastor Tom, thank you for the, the dream that you had in your heart, the hard work, the sacrifice that we have no clue. We have no clue, but we honor you and thank you. Thank you. We love you. And to Pastor Josh does an incredible job um, leading our house, and I love being on his team. It is one of the greatest things that I get to do. As a matter of fact, one of the greatest privileges I have at Church on the Rock is being a member of our serve team. That's right, yeah. All those serve team members in the black shirts, give it up, yeah. How fun is it? How fun is it? Come on. Is it good? Is it fun? Yeah? You love it? Some days it is. Some days it ain't. Some days it's tough. You ever, you ever tried to serve a really difficult person, like all the time, and you're like, why are you so difficult? But Jesus, you got to get me through this, because if I had it my way, I would spend no time with this person. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Just me? i got some difficult people in my life. But how I got to here, I'd like to start about three years ago. As a matter of fact, it'll be three years Thursday, this upcoming Thursday that I've been out here in Florida. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, really grateful to be out here, honestly. Um, it's changed everything in my life. It has truly changed everything in my life. I came out here listening to Jesus, honestly. Um, I had been praying a lot and asking for direction and guidance. And what Jesus was communicating to me is he kept me at honor your mother and father. That's where he kept me. And I had made a promise to my dad years ago, who's in this room right now, and uh, Made a promise to him a long time ago. I said, hey, man, I'm going to come out to Florida, and we're going to do this thing. And so God had just really impressed it on my heart. He's like, you need to fulfill that promise. So I came out here thinking that I was going to repair a relationship that honestly had been very damaged and very broken with my father. I had not been living a very good life, definitely not a godly life. Um, some of you may know, some of you don't. But I was actually coming out of prison three years ago. Um, and it had strained our relationship. It truly had. Now, to me, what I thought was is I was going to come out here and I was going to repair this relationship with my father, honor him, as I put him through so much. 
And then I was going to go back to Arizona, and I was going to follow Jesus and whatever he had for me. Little did I know that the reason why I came here wasn't so much for my dad, although that was a part of it. It's for this. It's right here. It's to be a part of this community. And I just want to tell you a little bit about, you know, my story here at Church on the Rock. Like I said, three years ago, I stepped off of a plane fresh from Arizona. I had no friends. I had a family member and my stepmom. Um, everything was new, and it was scary, and I walked into this church, and when I walked into this church, I knew, I was like, man, there is, there's an energy here, there's a, there's a, there's a spirit in here, there are joyous people here, and it's authentic and genuine, um, and I could just tell, and it was infectious, and I didn't grow up in church, I didn't know what it was like, so this is my first church, but I knew that this was special. See, everything I knew about the church of God, I got from this book right here, the Holy Bible. And when I came here and I started seeing how this church is, I was like, this is the church of God. This is it. I see it. Imperfect people serving a perfect God, serving each other, you know. That's who we are at Church on the Rock. We truly are. So some things happened to me. I went through something called All Access, which Miss Nisi just brought to us in the news. And it's three easy steps, and that's how you onboard onto our serve teams and know a little bit about the church. And I have the privilege to be able to serve in all access now. But at one point in time, I was a fresh, brand new individual who was like a newborn baby deer, legs shaking, and I'm just trying to find my footing. And I came into this church, and I said, you know what, I'm going to do the all access. I'm going to do the three easy steps. Step one. Changed my life. Changed my life. And it wasn't so much what happened, but who. Who happened. See, back then, it was Pastor Anthony who was here. And he was running all access. And I sit down, and I, I got a heavy heart. I'm like, I don't know if I belong here. Um, I don't know if I, I can serve. They start saying things like background checks and um, stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> and at the time, it was Pastor Anthony, and Pastor Anthony comes, and he sits down next to me, and he goes, why the long face? What's going on? And I was like, oh, man, the, look, there's like, <laughs> how do I say this? Um, and I just threw it, I just got out of prison, and I don't think I can serve here, and I don't know, and all this stuff. And he was like, oh, man. He goes, just relax. He goes, what are you doing this week? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, let's grab coffee. I'm like, Okay. Let's do that. And in that moment, I can't tell you what it did for me, someone who felt unworthy at times, for a man to sit down and invite me to coffee. I mean, it changed my life. That man's going to be standing next to me at my wedding. And I love that man. There's a lot of people that I love in this house, but it started there. And so I went to coffee with Pastor Anthony, and we had this great conversation. It was awesome. It was life-giving. It was fun. And so what happened after that is I go through step three. Step three, I meet my brother Quentin. And y'all know Quentin. Everybody knows Quentin. He got that big smile. He's a heartwarming individual. I love this man. And he goes, yeah, man, we can come on this team. And he was my captain. And I'm like, all right. And I'm hip to hip with him. And as we're leaving step three, we're going outside in the old campus, not the, our kids' campus, excuse me. And as I'm going over there, I see a Pastor Josh coming through the parking lot. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, there he is. It's the guy. It's the guy. It's the pastor. And he walks up to me, and he's got this big old smile on. He's like, what's up, dude? <laughs> I was like, hey, how are you? And we started having this conversation. And I just looked at him, and I remember saying, Pastor, you know, it blows my mind that you even, like, let me in here. And he goes, yeah, man, me too. <laughs> that's my leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my leader. And you know what? He's poured his life into me. He's poured his life into me. He really has. He's grown me. He's given me opportunity. He has invested into who I am just as much as he invests into this house. And I'm very grateful for him, very grateful. So I meet these men and I start doing life with them. As a matter of fact, for the next two and a half years, I was in four different weddings, all here at this church, all people that I met serving at Church on the Rock, four different weddings. There's another one coming up. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But I want to take a take you to another place in the story. I've been serving for a couple years, and it was really awesome, and some cool things had happened. You know that man, Mr. Quentin, who I was telling you, you know, one day, I didn't have the money to fix my brakes, and I couldn't take it to a shop, so I said, you know, if anybody knows how to do brakes, they help me, I'll go buy these brakes, and we'll do it, and Mr. Quentin stood right up, and he's like, I got you, bro, let's go. Cool, man. So I traveled to Palatka, where he lives, and we're out there changing these calipers on my truck, and we're having no luck. As a matter of fact, it starts raining, starts getting dark out, and we're trying to bleed these brakes. And if you know anything about bleeding brakes, it's a difficult, messy, nasty job. And you know where Quentin has me? In the driver's seat. And he's underneath that truck turning that wrench. And it's raining on him, and his daughter's in the car. But he's serving me. And I'll never forget that. You see, sometimes we have friends that say they're ride or die until it's time to die. Right? They're like, no, nah, I'm not here no more. But then you come across the greatest people in the world, and they're in this house at Church on the Rock. And I fully believe that. With every fiber of my being, the greatest people on earth are in this house. They are. They totally are. So fast forward a little later. This is about six months ago. And you guys know Pastor Derek, the funny pastor, right? One who takes us deep into the word of God. I love him. We are actually leaving a wedding in Atlanta. And we're driving in his new Tesla. And it is taking forever. <laughs> you got to stop and charge and stop and charge. There's like a lot of stuff going on. So we had a lot of good conversations. I think it only took us like 18 hours to get to Atlanta. I don't, I don't know how long. It might be a stretch. But, you know, Pastor Derek is driving. I'm in the passenger seat. And he says the most profound thing to me. He says, Austin, ready for this? Girls like hair. Maybe you should grow your hair out. It's time. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy, this guy. And I don't know, maybe I don't think I took it real serious, to be honest with you, but, but something clicked in my head. And I was like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll grow this hair out. Two months later. meet the woman of my dreams. And trust me, hair was important. <laughs> it was. It was very important. It was very important. Um, through this community of believers, through these men and women that I get to call brother, that I've served with, that I do life with, 
some of the greatest blessings that God has ever given me have come through them. And it started with us serving together on a team. The reality is, is I wouldn't be able to do life with Pastor Josh and Pastor Derek and Anthony and Quentin. And I could, I mean, there, I can go through my phone. There is a hundred people I can call at any point in time and say, hey, I need your help. They will drop everything and they will be there. I got a hundred of them. And that's just because I decided to make a decision to serve at Church on the Rock. Here we are, three years later, I'm about to get married to the most incredible, beautiful woman in the entire planet. Yeah. Yeah. And not only does she love me, she puts up with me, which is really awesome. Really awesome. And that's no easy task, trust me. But you know, with that came another great blessing. You know, I had the greatest in-laws that anybody could ever ask for. You know... They're my landlords, and I showed up there defeated because nobody wanted to let rent to me. And I'll never forget, Kirsten asked me, she's like, so you know Jesus? And I just started bawling. I was like, yeah, I know Jesus. And I got a call the next day, and she's like, yeah, the place is yours, you know? And I was, like, blown away. Not only that, but she knew everything about my past, Everything. And it was okay for me to date her daughter. And they love me. And they treat me well. Even though I'm a mess. <laughs> I mean, and some days I am. I'm just a mess. But some of the greatest blessings that God has ever given me has happened through serving at Church on the Rock. And so if I can say anything as a testimony, just get involved. It could change your life. So we're going to get into who knows that does anybody know that there is an order of service, biblically speaking? See, God is not a God of chaos, but of order. And see, God has order in how we're supposed to serve and what it looks like. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit today, make a little bit of a case, and then we're going to go out and we're going to go shine this light this week. So you guys ready? Yeah? Everybody ready? Thumbs up. If you're ready in the chat, give me a little thumbs up, a little emoji, a little praying hands, something. So the first thing I'd like to speak about is serving God. It's our first serve, the first, and it's that way for a reason. Luke 10, 38 through 42 says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha, she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, Jesus that is, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. In this story, in this story, and, and Pastor Josh and I talk about this a lot because in our minds, sometimes we feel like the ultimate Marthas. And what we mean by that is we get so caught up in the work of God that we forget about the God of the work. We forget about whose spirit is doing these things through us. And see, Martha thought she was doing a good thing. She thought she was serving the Lord, serving the people around her, serving 
you know, preparing the way of the Lord. And, and those things were good. But see, the thing was is that Mary had something better. Because see, Mary was at the feet of Jesus. She was spending time with him. Can I put it this way? She was serving him. This is right before he's about to go and end his life on the cross for a moment, not for long. And in this moment, she takes this expensive bottle of perfume, maybe about a year's wage, pours it all over his feet. And what it was saying was is that basically that she was giving everything that she had to Jesus. And she wasn't worried about tomorrow because she was in the presence of the Lord today. And what Jesus was saying is like, ah, that's it. That's it. You've got it. The reality is, is that when it comes to service, we serve God first. We have to. I cannot serve my family, I cannot serve my community in the way that God is asking me, wanting me, willing to, if I'm not spending any time at his feet. What does spending time at his feet look like? It's reading my Bible. Making time for Jesus. Make time. Get up a half hour early. Pray. On the way to work, let's turn off the rock and roll. Let's turn on some worship. And I am the worst. I am constantly checking myself. And to be honest with you, as I was looking through these examples that I'm going to give you today, I was looking through everyone, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I got work to do. I really do. And some of it stepped on my toes, and that's when I knew I was like, oh, that's good. All right, I guess I better talk about that. So we're going to talk about some of this next thing. So if you're wearing sandals, maybe you want to hide your toes just a little bit. We're going to be stepping on some. The second thing that we're called to do after serving God, is to serve our family. It's number two. It's the next thing that comes. And here's what I want you to hear me say, is that there is order to this for a reason, and I'm going to make my case based on Scripture. Now, what I do not want to do is preach the Bible out of context. So before this first Timothy, this is a letter from the Apostle Paul to a young leader named Timothy. And Timothy has taken over a church. He's leading a church. And so as he's leading this church, again, there's order, there's structure. And Paul was dictating him, you know, hey, what this is supposed to look like, what the church, the house, the family of God is supposed to look like. And this verse here, 1 Timothy 5, verse 8, we just started talking about widows and how they should be treated in the church. And this is, this is what the Bible says. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. That's heavy. It's heavy. It is. But you know why it's heavy? Because it matters. It matters to God. Now, the reality is, and I think contextually what he's saying here is that, you know, hey, there's unbelievers, those who don't know the love and grace of Jesus, that treat their families very well, very well, and they serve them very well. So if you who know Jesus, and you know the servant who came and served you, if I'm not serving my family, especially those in my home, then I got it wrong. And I maybe need to reevaluate some of the things that I got going on. 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Again, contextually, 
This is talking about an overseer. This is talking about a leader in the church, what it's supposed to look like. But I will say this, that it's a man of God nonetheless. So I think the mark's the same. That's what it says. Here's a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now, the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. Here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? And, and see, what I want you to see here is the order. Do you see it? Do you see the order? If, if I'm not doing this with my family, then I probably shouldn't be doing it in my community. Like, I, that, like there is order to this. You know, I need to be pouring into my family. Men, what does that look like? Hey, we're the high priest of our home. The high priest. It's not the pastor's job. It's my job. It's my job. And what does it look like as a woman? Love, support, tender, you know? I don't know what it's like to be married. Hopefully soon. As long as she sticks around. I think she will. I think we're going okay right now. But the reality is, as I'm approaching this date, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to be responsible here. <laughs> I got some responsibilities, and I want to serve her well. Why? Because she loves me very well. And why? Because Jesus has loved me and served me extremely, extremely well. And here's what we stand on here at Church on the Rock, and I will tell you this unequivocally, that serving your community does not take precedence over serving your family. And we do not, we do not, our heart is not for you to be here and your family is suffering. And if this is causing problems or strife with your family, go serve your family. And we will serve you in that time and in that season. And then guess what? When you're ready to come back, you come back. But it doesn't take precedence over your family. It just doesn't. And we're not going to do that because we love Jesus and we love you. So the next thing I'd like to talk about is serving our community. Serving our community. And we're going to go over probably, to me, one of the most powerful, powerful, powerful places in Scripture. You know, Pastor Josh was alluding to some things a couple weeks ago, I think it was. And he was saying, yeah, but there's only certain things Jesus can do. Like, only Jesus is Jesus. And to me, like, this is one of those things. This is one of those things. Now, I'm going to set the scene a little bit. So Jesus has left Mary and Martha's. And he's at the last feast, basically. But what's happening in that time is there's a lot going on. See, Jesus, he's in the midst of a betrayal. One of his friends, one of his brothers, he's in the midst of it. He's staring down the barrel of a gun, if you will. His time's coming, and he knows it. He knows it. As a matter of fact, a little later on, it says that he was praying so intensely that blood came out of his head. Blood. He sweat blood. What he was going through was intense. 
But, but look at what Jesus does in the face of all of that. John 13, verses 1 through 17. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil already having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, and he laid aside his garments. And he took a towel, and he girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash, wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? This was like the lowliest serve. The lowliest. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, you are all not clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you, shall, that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who, sent, he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you, if you do them. If you do them. Here's the reality in my life. Last three years, I have not been perfect. Far from it. Far from it. I have strayed in seasons, in seasons I've felt like I'm really close to God, and I'm really, you know, we're, we're, we're hand in hand, and I'm walking, and then sometimes I, f I feel like you're far away from me, and sometimes I feel like my character doesn't even deserve the grace that Jesus gives me. It's true. But I've gotten a blessing despite all that stuff. Despite how well I have performed. Because it says right here, blessed are you if you do them. And all I've done is shown up. I just keep showing up. And I keep showing up with the greatest people in the planet. Honestly, they're right here in this house. And here's our hope for you at Church on the Rock. The blessed life, say it the way Pastor Josh does it, says it. If I want Bible results, I got to do Bible things. I have to. I got to do Bible things. And what are Bible things? Serving. Jesus didn't say, hey, go and be perfect, and then I'll bless you. No. 
So go out and serve people. Go out and serve people. And blessed are you if you do them. And here's what we want for you at Church on the Rock. We want you to have a blessed life, a blessed life. We want you to have support when you need support. When you're on the mountain, we want to be there with you. When you're in the valley, we want to be there with you. When your brakes don't work and it's raining out, we want to be there underneath the truck changing them for you. Why? Because we're in this together. Why? Because Jesus served us by washing our feet. That's, that's the example. That's the example. And you may be asking yourself, Austin, yeah, that's all great, but how do I get there? See, serve one. See, serve one. Because the reality is, is that God does a heart change. He's considered, or he's considered about our hearts, and that's what he's wanting to change. The closer we get to Jesus, the more Christ-like we become, the more heart of servanthood that we have. Can I, can I be really frank? In the midst of a betrayal right here, in the midst of a betrayal, I don't, think I, could, I don't think I could serve him like that. There are certain things only Jesus can do. And can I be honest with you? I'm not there yet. I'm not. For my betrayer, who let I walk for three years, three years, and I, I didn't hold anything out on him. And I stooped down and I washed his dirty feet and I knew what he was going to go do. And it blows my mind for three years, Jesus, you served this man. You brought him in. You loved him. And, and, and the Bible says that when he, gave, when he told Judas, he says, like, what you do, go and do quickly. I believe, I believe. Now, that was a sad moment for Jesus. I don't believe he was angry. I believe he was sad. This is my, this is my brother. This is my friend. I poured my life out to him. And I know he's going to betray me, but but I came to serve, so serve I will do. And here's the reality, here's the reality. Here at Church on the Rock, we like to say it this way, we put our purpose over our preference. Put our purpose over our preference. We don't have to be perfect, Jesus is perfect. But we do have to serve people, why? We get to serve people. It's an honor and a privilege. And you may be in this room today and you're like, yeah, all this service stuff, it's going right over my head. I, I, I don't know Jesus. Here's what I do want to communicate to you. This Jesus, God Almighty, man, give me your feet. Like, like, let me serve you. That is the heart of our God. That's who he is. And that's what he wants to do for you. And you may see, like, like, God's not here in my life. I don't see him. I don't, I don't see him working. I, I don't know what's going on. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Join the team. Join the team. Get around some godly people. And watch what God's doing here at Church on the Rock. I get to see it every day. Every single day. And if that's you who are like, man, I, God's just knocking on my heart today. And I don't know what it is, but, you know, I feel like I want to I do the next step. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And what we're going to do here in a minute is we're just going to, we're going to say a prayer. We're going to say a prayer. And hopefully it's going to change your heart like Jesus is trying to change your heart. He's trying to change your heart. And if you do make that decision to follow Jesus, we ask you that you stick around. Stick around. We want to know you. We want to love you. We want to come change your brakes in the rain. We want to do that. Why? Because we get to do that. Because we serve a king who serves us. The reality is, is God sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, still serving us. 
He's still doing it. He didn't hang it up. He's still interceding. He's still doing the miraculous. He's still breaking chains. He's still interceding for us. He's still blessing us. He's still giving good doctor's reports. I'm seeing it in my own life. I mean, there's no reason in the world I should have what I have outside of Jesus. So I just want to help bring you into the presence of our Father. So church family, you know how we do it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I ask y'all to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for those who made that decision for the first time. Hey, I love you, family. Thank you so much.